All right, glad you're with us. Buckle up. We got a lot of information we want to get across to you in the course of this uh, three-hour extravaganza. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Devin Nunes. He's been on fire. You know, Adam Schiff, now that we know he's involved in the coup, and we're not going to refer to this any longer as impeachment. This this is a attempted coup. There's and, and you know what? New put out a uh, one of his newsletters. And I got to tell you, he just nailed it because he went through the history of, you know, from Election Day forward. I'll go over that in a second. But we've got to we've got to send a preservation letter now to, you know, the cowardly shifty shift and and his staff. And we need to know, you know, to what extent there was contact here. A litigation hold notice uh, to the House, similar, you know, to, you know what they're contemplating here. They want them. They they want their coup trial. OK, fine. Like we have a lot of questions and a lot of people that we need to investigate. And it's got to be fair. It's got to be done the same way that, for example, past impeachments have been done. That's why the White House is saying you're not getting access to anybody until you have a vote in the House. They're, look, let them go on record saying they support this madness. And by, and anyone that wants to say they're a moderate Democrat that is not publicly calling this out, they are the willing accomplices uh, in this coup attempt. Because the, we know the president did nothing wrong in that phone call. We know the non-whistleblowers, the whistleblowers, I don't care how many of them interpret the call, but we do have the ver- verbate of the call and we have the transcript of the call. So what they think about it is irrelevant in all of this. But I think every one of every Democrat needs to go on record if they support the coup or they don't support the coup. Because that, that this is what it's now come down to after three long years This is what has emerged from the modern extreme left wing Democratic Party. They 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 and it's all rooted in two separate but important moments. One moment is they lost November 8th, 2016. None of them saw it coming. You could see they visibly shaken. When you go back and you watch the video of election night, every network, every so-called news division, they had all gotten the exit polls. I got them, too. And I saw them. I actually called then candidate Trump on election day. And I said, don't pay attention to these numbers. Some they're drawing straws right now. Who gets the unlucky uh, job of going in to tell you that the election polls, exit polls are a disaster because they were a disaster. And I said, I saw we have I've watched this movie before and I I specifically pointed out 2004. The exit polls showed no doubt about it. John Kerry was going to be the next president of the United States. I voted for the 87 billion before I voted against it. So it was done. George Bush had lost Ohio and Dick Cheney lost Florida and John Kerry was going to be the next president. Well, it didn't work out that way. And we know because right here on this radio program, Dick Cheney got off a plane and at 535 called into this radio show saying, if you're in Florida, we need your vote. If you're in Ohio, get out the vote. When the exit polls came in in 2016 on November the 8th, they showed the president had lost North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, 
Florida, Ohio. It was done. He lost. How many states he'd win? You know, maybe a few, maybe a couple. And from that date on, this is what your modern left-wing, extreme, radical Democratic Party has been doing. They, they, can't, they never got over it. So they had the first coup attempt. Well, that's the deep state. That is everything that we're going to now get information on finally, hopefully soon, about FISA abuse. Now they reopen the Hillary email investigation. Finally, I mean, all the things that have happened here are remarkable in and of themselves. And the fact that nobody in the media cares about the biggest abuse of power, corruption scandal in history, and it only continues is remarkable. But I, I accept it for what it is. These are stenographers for the Democratic Party. Yeah, Hillary rigged the primary with Bernie. Yeah, Hillary violated the Espionage Act, 18 U.S.C. 793, and just about every subsection therein with classified top secret information. We now know that was hacked into by China and other foreign intelligence agencies in real time. Peter Strzok didn't care about that little detail when he was saying that Hillary should win a hundred million to zero or his insurance policy. And yeah, if you did what she did in terms of, uh, yeah, deletions and bleach, but you'd go to jail. That's all been established. The only Russian interference in the 2016 election was the dirty, unverifiable, you know, propaganda now finally verified as lies by the FBI when they finally put a spreadsheet together after the FBI director had signed off on it on three separate occasions. Yeah, when they finally investigate the veracity or the truthfulness and tried to verify the dossier, yeah, there was nothing true that they could find. Nothing. Over 90% they proved false. They just didn't get an answer on the other 10%. So now they want to move forward with their coup and make it official. You know, there's some interesting questions. Okay, well, vote. Put the House members up and let them vote. You know, let's call the roll. But Kevin McCarthy raises good questions. Are they going to hold a, a vote of the full House to authorize the impeachment inquiry, as has been done in every case in the past? Are they going to involve the entire House in each critical step of the witch hunt? Now, the Ukrainian witch hunt coup attempt, including defining the scope and establishing the rules of and procedures. Are they going to grant co-equal subpoena power to the chair and the ranking member at the committee level? Are they going to require that all subpoenas be subject to a vote of the full committee at the request of either the chair or ranking member? Are they going to allow and provide the president's counsel the right to attend all hearings and depositions? Are they going to provide the president's counsel the right to present evidence? Are they going to provide the president's counsel the right to object to the admittance of evidence? Are they going to provide the president's counsel the right to cross-examine witnesses? Are they intending to provide the president's counsel the right to recommend a witness list? And do they they intend to refer all the findings to Nadler's committee and the Judiciary Committee as pre prescribed in the rules of the House. Now, if they answer no to any of that, as Kevin McCarthy said, they're going to be acting in direct contradiction to all modern impeachment inquiries of a sitting president. Now, by answering no, they would be denying the president the bare minimum rights granted by their predecessors. And if they answer no, they're going to create a process devoid of any legitimacy or any merit. And it will be some summarily gotten rid of. But, you know, uh, so I got a copy of Newt's newsletter 
he said, I was talking to him today. He said, well, take a look at this. I, I had my guys do a deep dive into this the day after Election Day. Now, we we ran through on television and we played it here on radio. It's a little more effective on TV because we show you the dates. But it was two days after Donald Trump was elected. They started with the impeachment nonsense. Two days later, on November 9th, Wednesday, the day after Donald Trump was elected, because, again, go back and look at the faces of everybody in, in the new every news division in the country. It, they were visibly shocked and shaken. They thought Donald Trump got his ass kicked until you, we, the American people, well, shocked the world. And he won North Carolina and he won Florida and he won Ohio and he won Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan. By the way, the, I guess we have the governor or the mayor of, of Minnesota trying to stop President Trump from speaking on Thursday. Can you believe this? I mean, it, that's how nuts they have gotten. There's nothing to the transcript. I don't care what the any whistleblower, non-whistleblower, who's not a whistleblower, hearsay or non-hearsay. It doesn't matter what they how they interpret it when you got the transcript. But all of this started, this madness, within 24 hours of Donald Trump being elected. When you couple that with four separate investigations, they put all, all their hope and fear in their coup attempt Onto Robert Mueller after the FBI nine month investigation provided no evidence, according to Lisa Page. No, they're there, according to Peter Strzok, in terms of any evidence of collusion. They even embraced Ukraine and had a Democratic operative and contractor meeting with Ukrainians, and the Ukrainians willingly, in a multitude of ways, were were interfering in our elections. But, of course, the left and the mob and the media, they don't care about that either. The only one that got it right was Politico, and they're kind of quiet now on the topic. I'm guessing they probably regret writing the column. But, you know, but the day after Trump's elected by you, we, the people, there was an emergency announcement, protests against Donald Trump in six six cities in day one. Within 24 hours, activists gathering in Chicago, L.A., Sacramento, New York City, San Francisco, Albuquerque, you know, organizers of Act Now to Stop and End Racism. And a shock result, Donald Trump's been elected president. And then Robert Mueller, after the FBI report, after the House Intelligence report, after the bipartisan Senate investigation and the Mueller report, it was going to give them what they wanted on day one of Donald Trump having won the election. He's not even president yet. Answer coalition mobilizing across the country. You know, a, a partial list the day after protests occurred in Oakland, California. You know, NBC, Bay Area, San Francisco, not our president. Protests erupt across the Bay Area after Trump's stunning presidential victory. Uh, ABC seven fire erupts vandalism reported at anti-Trump protest in Oakland Wednesday, November 9th. Again, anti-Trump Alaskans talk unity. Look ahead at a candlelit gathering Anchorage daily news. Thousands protest Trump in LA. According to ABC seven block one Oh one freeway downtown. Uh, love Trump's hate a protest march through Atlanta. According to, you know, Pix 11 down in Atlanta, 
In Detroit, Donald Trump sparks protest downtown Detroit. This is the this the day after, two days after in that case. The day after Election Day, ABC 13, thousands join anti-Trump protests. And then when you follow it, within days, they're talking about impeachment. Well, it's, it, this, this has been their mission. This has been their marching orders from the get-go. That's why this is not an impeachment. That's why this is a coup. This is now they can't accept the results of an election, nor can they accept the results of four separate investigations. There's no Trump-Russia collusion. And I'll tell you what they're going to end up doing in the long run, because, well, now Joe Biden is going to have to explain that which he is guilty of. And now that, you know, the the witch hunt into Russia is over. Now we're going to get to did they rig an investigation into Hillary? What about the dirty dossier? What about the FISA applications that were based on the bulk of information, the dirty dossier. Then we're going to get into their activities abroad, which is outsourcing spying on Americans for the very purpose of circumventing American laws so they could spy on a, a president, just like the deep state is looking. Can't wait for Joe and Hunter Biden. Well, you know, what did what did Hunter do for Ukraine? Well, he didn't have any background in Ukraine that we can find or energy, oil or gas. And just like China, he had no background with China, no background in private equity. OK, they claim, well, he didn't make as much. We'll ask Peter Schweitzer later. How much did he make in China? What did he do for China? What did he do for Ukraine? What did he do for millions and billions? What did he do for the money? Why would a sitting vice president of the United States shake down Ukraine and use taxpayer money and threaten to walk away with our money that we already promised them in loan guarantees if they don't fire some prosecutor? And then the four senators that are threatening Ukraine aid, if they don't continue with their uh, with the cooperation with Robert Mueller, excuse me, the very things they're accusing Trump of again, just like with Russia, it's the same thing. We do have some breaking news. Uh, as we know, the Trump administration ordered their ambassador not to appear at the coup hearings of, you know, and by the way, uh, Schiff is a fact witness now in this case. OK, what did he know? When did he know it? What advice did he offer? You know, and, and Biden can, you know, throw any fit that he wants to throw, but. You know, his nearly 50 year old son made an awful lot of money and he's on tape bragging about doing that, which Donald Trump didn't do because this is all. Look, they 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 so embarrassed themselves the first time they're just doing it all over again because this Ukrainian witch hunt is exactly the same as the Russia witch hunt. And it's amazing to me how everything that they accuse Trump of, they themselves are guilty of. I mean, it is uh, it is a stunning degree of hypocrisy. And and again, for them to just forget the Russian dossier and FISA abuse and the rigged investigation and rigged primary and and using allied intelligence agencies to deny Americans their constitutional rights and to spy on a president and all that's involved here. Um, they've got a problem with all of this. It's not going to work to start. At 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Um, one thing that has been happening in the two-week uh, 
These guys never work, I guess, in Congress. I mean, we're better off when they don't. Um, I actually saw somebody sent me um, video. I guess it was a Alyssa Slokin. I don't even know who it Alyssa is. Alyssa Slokin. Slokin. Democrat out of Michigan. Democrat out of Michigan. Thank you. Anyway, she has a town hall and they are laying into her big time. Now, there's 40 Democrats that come from districts that Donald Trump won in 2016. All of them now are part of the coup. And in this case, she was asked that when you fell off the cliff for me uh, was when you joined the coup against our president. One voter shouted, what's the rush on impeachment? Asked another. And needless to say, you know, this woman who's a congresswoman hearing from actual voters. And this is happening now all across the country because they, they're trying to put on this phony moderate act. But the reality is, is they're not standing up against the coup and they're allowing this party to take them over the cliff. You know, there's a, a, a court ruling that apparently. I didn't hear what you said, Linda, what? I actually have that tape of Slotkin, so stand right, by. Let's hear it. OK. Answers! OK, I, I'm, I'm going to continue talking. And I am we don't want lies. End. I'm going to take questions at the end. You hear these constituents shouting here. They're shouting at freshman Democrat Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, who faced angry constituents there in her home state of Michigan in a district Trump won by seven points Bingo. in 2016. I would say Myself and six other members of the freshman class in Congress, all former military or former CIA, wrote a joint op ed and came out in support of an impeachment inquiry. And I wanted you to know from me, I wanted you to know from me. was when you joined the coup against our president. That's right. What's the rush with the impeachment? Impeachment's a serious thing. There should be only the fourth president in the history to be impeached. And to turn impeachment on something like this is really stretching it. It is really stretching it. And by the way, Quid Pro Joe 30330 came out with a, uh, a new ad entitled Character Matters. By the way, you know, after... You know, his son is caught in this huge payoff. I want to know what the the expert in Ukraine and China actually specifically did for the money. Now, Lindsey Graham, to his credit, is, well, he's saying, hey, Rudy Giuliani, come and testify. Let's look at this. And he said that he has invited the president's personal attorney to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee about his efforts to convince the Ukrainian government to investigate Joe Biden. Good, because we know from Politico, and I bet they hate this, that, in fact, there was Ukrainian efforts to influence the 2016 election. I thought that mattered to Democrats. OK, what exactly did Hunter Biden do for the money? Why? What did he do for millions in the case of Ukraine, where he had no area of expertise in energy or in Ukrainian matters? What did he do in China and private equity? Again, no experience with China or private equity. What did he do? And these moderate Democrats are not going to get away with, with trying to avoid taking a position and just say, well, uh, 90 Trump haters uh, put together a letter saying whatever. Or, OK, well, they'll say that Mitt Romney is supporting the effort. Um, look, I, 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 you know, the funny thing about Mitt Romney is 
I look at how he's acting and what he's doing. And then I really this is what I've concluded about people that run for president. Unfortunately, many of them. And you could start with Al Gore. You can look at John McCain, who is always bitter. John McCain, the media loved him when he's the maverick. He ran for president. He was a racist and a sexist and a, and a homophobe and a horrible human being. And the same with Mitt Romney. There's probably nobody nicer in real life than Mitt Romney. I mean, he's got a lovely family. He's a nice guy. I have no, I make no apologies about openly, you know, fighting for Mitt Romney to win. He would have been a better president, in my view, than Barack Obama. I really believe that. But everything that Romney ran on, Trump is doing. The difference between Romney and Trump is is that Romney was called a racist and a misogynist, and he had binders of women's resumes of women they wanted to hire, and he lost being a nice guy. Took his foot off the gas, debate two and three, especially three, was an unmitigated disaster. I remember calling his campaign. I was in a trailer at the site at the time, getting ready to do my show after the debate, and I, I, I lit them up and I said, whoever made this decision to take your foot off the gas, you just cost Mitt Romney the presidency. But if you look at Gore, McCain, Hillary, Romney, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think they're all convinced they're going to win. And when it doesn't happen, they usually become pretty bitter and pretty angry. And the fact that Mitt Romney's perfectly fine not liking Donald Trump's style. But if he thinks liberals, the ones that that bludgeoned him in 2012, are going to like him and that, they, no, they're just going to use him as, you know, well, even Mitt Romney says Mitt Romney says it doesn't mean anything because Mitt Romney is angry. He doesn't like Trump's style. A lot of the Bush people never like Trump's style. All right, fine. He's getting it done. I sat there for the eight years the Bush was president and I was stunned that they took all of this incoming. Tried to put Carl Rove in jail. Look what they did to Scooter Libby. They were trying to get Patrick Fitzgerald, George W. Bush, and, and Dick Cheney. Whole Scooter Libby thing was really about Scooter Libby. They wanted him to flip on Cheney. I couldn't believe he didn't get the full pardon until Trump became president. That shocked me. Because that was something Dick Cheney rightly fought for. Anyway, but Biden and his son, okay, let them testify at the coup trial of Donald Trump. I think that'd be, by the way, that could very well happen. There's a reason the Democrats don't want an official vote on this. So don't think for a second that they're not playing politics. And these moderate Democrats are not going to be able to hide. And and the administration saying take an up or down vote. We're not cooperating unless it's official. And all the things that Kevin McCarthy was talking about. And and he's right. You know, all right. So we have a whistleblower report. What do you get after that? It's not even it's hearsay. It's not a real whistleblower. And then you get the transcript because the Trump administration releases it. I'd like to see the transcript of Joe Biden's time as vice president and his conversations with Ukrainian leaders. How many other times we know the New York Times tipped him off that this prosecutor, Shokin, who he demanded to be fired, that that they were, he, he was tipped off by the New York Times and others. They were investigating his son, Hunter. Well, Hunter didn't have any experience. The idea Joe's getting very testy and very angry on the campaign trail, as we played earlier, we'll play it again later. 
But you get all these, you know, the same characters, New York Times, Washington Post, you know, the Conspiracy Channel, Area 51, Roswell, Rachel Maddow's Conspiracy Channel, the MSDNC, and all the Democrats. You know, you think they, they, they're, they're so horrified. You know, Pelosi could have announced they were pursuing another coup. Well, okay, she did this before they knew anything about what the whistleblower had said, except that we now know that Schiff was was tipped off about the whole thing. So she probably did know, didn't she? You know, you read the transcript, you ask yourself, okay, what's the big deal? You know, New points out in his newsletter that you look at the records of FDR talking to Winston Churchill or Kennedy talking with other heads of state. You have records of Reagan talking with uh, Mikhail Gorbachev. Presidents uh, do that all the time. There's no quid pro quo. In fact, what we can now see from the new president of Ukraine, Zelensky, he was happy. There was just a conversation between two guys talking about, okay, building their relationship. And America is doing more to help Ukraine than their European allies. You know, there's no quid pro quo in there. Nothing. But this is this is what they wanted from the get go. Now they're now they're trying to go to court to get all of Robert Mueller's material so that we can relitigate that, too. Now, there are all laws that are in play here for Joe Biden that nobody seems to want to pay attention to. We have, you know, the Hobbs Act. It's kind of like an extortion act. It was an American thinker piece. I don't remember who wrote it. I apologize. But it says as an American lawyer who often has to advise public officials on state federal ethics laws, I can say just by the public record, we have a Joe Biden and his son and their bag man, Devin Archer, and possibly John Kerry's son, likely violated 18 U.S.C. 1951, the Hobbs Act, which is the federal anti-extortion law. And, you know, it has a pretty nasty bite to it, as he points out here, collecting a political tribute under the official act of some kind. Then he talked about the 2015 Supreme Court decision. There are two certain standards that the government, that the prosecutor must must show in any proceeding that the government must identify a, a question, a matter, a cause, a suit, proceeding controversy that may at any time be pending or may by law be brought before a public official. And he points out, yeah, we have that. The legitimacy of the entity known as Burisma Holdings in Ukraine was at stake and whether the company and its oligarch owner faced prosecution or sanctions from both the United States and Ukraine. And then after several years of negotiations, Zolovchevsky returned, still in control, but now apparently that investigation is up again. Also, the government has to prove that the public official made a decision or took an action on the question matter, case, suit, proceeding, controversy, or agreed to do so. The, quote, official act standard legally is what they call it. And they got Joe Biden bragging about an official act impacting Burisma, which is the firing of the prosecutor, Mr. Shokin, in exchange for U.S. aid. That's all on tape. So, OK, let's let's have let's let's have the coup trial. Let them go forward with this madness. But I'm just telling you at the end of the day that this is going to blow up again in their faces because everything they accuse Trump of, they themselves are guilty of. And now we're finding out this was on the American Spectator website that apparently, you know, uh, the lawyer representing two anti-Trump whistleblowers that aren't whistleblowers, both an ex-CIA officer and an, a, a, a staffer, both for Hillary Clinton and Chucky e. Schumer, according to a posted biography.
that they put up. And according to FEC records in April that they put up about the lawyer. Okay, there we we built a powerful online fundraising platform for Democratic candidates up and down the ballot, progressive organizations, nonprofits. And The Washington Times said about this particular law firm that and its lead guy is a prominent national security lawyer in D.C. Trump critic on Twitter joined the legal team representing the intelligence community whistleblower who is targeting President Trump. And it goes on from there. You got to understand what's going on here. Now, we also have this other issue that is getting a little fascinating to me. It looks like the intelligence community inspector general clammed up during his closed door congressional testimony. The Federalist had this piece when they asked him why changes to the whistleblower rules were backdated, which allowed the first Ukraine call leaker to qualify for whistleblower protections. I know the media is going to tell you this is a conspiracy theory. No, I just want answers to questions. Did it get changed? When did it get changed? Why did the inspector general clam up during the hearing? Because Michael Atkinson, the inspector general for the intelligence agencies, acknowledged his office secretly did change key whistleblower forms and rules in September, but refused to explain to lawmakers why those changes were backdated August. Apparently got pretty tense, according to the Federalist, where this was all going on before the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence on Friday. And the Federalist reported the intelligence community IG, that's the ICIG, confirmed that the spy watchdog secretly changed their forms, internal rules in September to eliminate the requirement whistleblowers provide firsthand evidence to support any allegations of any wrongdoing. And in response, they confessed that it changed their rules uh, in response to an anti-Trump complaint filed on August 12th. You know, it gets more weird and more bizarre by the second. And, you know, as Senator Graham said, if Democrats move forward with this, the identities of these non-whistleblowers, anonymous non-whistleblowers is going to be revealed. Okay, well, if the process is going to be fair in any way, if the coup attempt is going to be fair, let them do it. Let them come forward, make their case to the American people, because I don't think it's going to work out very well for them. And then it does raise questions again, just like with the, the failed Russia coup attempt. Yeah. How did we get there? We got there by they rigged a primary. They rigged an investigation that would have put every other American into jail with the server and the Espionage Act and obstruction of Hillary. Then they used the dirty Russian dossier she paid for. That was disseminated to their their hacks, friends in the conspiracy theory, left wing media like Korn and Nizikov. Uh, So that impacted the race. Now we know that Ukraine worked on behalf of DNC operatives and contractors and disseminating false information about Donald Trump and giving them information about Paul Manafort and a bunch of other things that they have evidence that they helped. They admit that they helped Hillary Clinton in her campaign. Media doesn't care about that either. Then, of course, we have the dossier not verified used to spy on a candidate, transition team and president. And the other spying that went on. A lot of questions to answer if we're ever going to remain the United States of America. Yes, there's ample evidence of collusion in plain sight. We've known for some time, at least it's been publicly reported, that the uh, dossier or the hiring of Christopher Steele was initially on behalf of one of the Republican candidates and later on behalf of the Democratic candidate. That application and those renewals have been vindicated in substantial part uh, by Carter Page's own words. 
Well, I certainly think he's acting like someone who's compromised. Uh, and it may very well be that he is compromised, or it may very well be that he believes that he's compromised, that the Russians have information on him. According to Christopher Steele, a British, a former British intelligence officer who is reportedly held in high regard by U.S. intelligence, Russian sources tell Page has also had a secret meeting with Igor Sechin, CEO of the Russian gas giant Rosneft. According to Steele's Russian sources, Page has offered brokerage fees by Sechin on a deal involving a 19% share of the company. I hear what you want. I have a favor I want from you, though. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it. On this and on that. All right, that is the cowardly shift. Adam, yes, the shifty shift. This guy lies so often. How many times have we played? Have we reminded you that he had all the evidence in Trump Russia collusion? It's out there. It's in plain sight. We have it all. It's all here. We're going to share it with you eventually. Four separate investigations, FBI investigation, nine months, nothing. Anyway, Devin Nunes has said that the the shift spokesman acknowledging the whistleblower contacting the committee before filing their complaint. Um I'd say first, I'm not surprised, he said, and he joins us now. Congressman, how are you? Good, Sean. Uh, this it's, It never ends. Just you, Russia hoax to Ukraine hoax. So, But we just got to keep covering it and getting the truth out there. Well, I get it. All right. So let's just stay on the Schiff issue. I mean, how many times did Schiff say, and, you know, you're seeing the same thing he's seeing every day, and you're saying, no, what he's saying is false. He's claiming he had all the Trump-Russia collusion information. Now we find out that not only was there contact, but apparently advice given about hiring a lawyer, other advice about going to the inspector general. So it seems like it was almost orchestrated by him and for him. Well, I I like your uh, little uh, start there where you were playing clips of what he said and then followed by an explosion. You could probably fill up your entire radio show and your television show and play one after another after another because, you know, as many interviews uh, as as he's done, and if you want to add on the other Democrats on the House Intelligence Committee, uh, you would have a show for about a year. Uh, which just constantly everything they've said is wrong. So as it relates to this, you know, clearly now they don't want this whistleblower to come in. That's why you're seeing these fake news stories like you saw in the Washington Post about how this whistleblower and the Democrats are concerned that that the Republicans are going to leak the identity uh, of this of this witness. Well, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Democrats, uh, no matter what they say, they already know exactly who this whistleblower is. So the only people who don't know who the whistleblower is are Republicans and you know, regular America. So and now they have the second whistleblower that, that they have coming in now, too, so supposedly. So, you know, I, th- I think the longer this sits out there, Sean, the more it just starts to stink. So they had a little sugar high, right, that, oh, look how bad this is. So, you know, they're bragging about their poll numbers because they're trying to rush to impeachment. But I think those poll numbers are starting to shrink now that people understand that first whistleblower failed. Now they've got a second. You've got, you know, you've got ship and the Democrats, you know, continually saying things that aren't true. Uh, and, and just 
kind of finishing up, and you cover it all the time on your show, but what we really have here, it's 90% of the mainstream media is totally corrupt, and we're relying on 10% of the media, uh, like yourself, to try to get the truth out there, and we're fighting for middle America right now. I don't think I'm 10%. I'm like uh, 0.1% at this point. There's not many of us. Well, I mean, if this is the the tack they're taking, now Schiff has inserted himself into the story. I mean, I would think that they need a preservation letter of every email, every text message that Schiff and his staff uh, have made about this particular topic. Uh, and, you know, the amazing thing in all of this is just like Russia. The only one that had any information that was used from Russia was Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. We had a dirty Russian dossier she paid for filled with lies. Well, we know and not because- only that, I mean, you've covered this, but it doesn't get covered enough. And that is the very thing they're accusing Trump of doing, of trying to get the Ukrainians to give him dirt. Okay. Well, Adam Schiff and the Democrats on the committee did that. Mm-hmm. They, they went and got dirt. You've played it on your television show, I'm sure, and, and on your radio show. I mean, they asked for nude pictures of Trump. And, you know, the funny thing about that is when I, when I actually brought that up at the hearing with the DNI, I mean, this was you know, from a couple weeks ago, I was attacked and made fun of by the mainstream media saying that, that I have no proof that there was anybody that ever had that, that the Democrats tried to get nude pictures of Trump. Like, what planet are they on? I mean, there, there's audio recordings of this. Okay, not to mention, as you just said. Well, we've got the recording. You mean about the Russia, the, the compromising uh, materials uh, that that one, and then uh, <laughs> that one yeah. has well, what? What's the nature of the compromise? Uh, Pix is uh, uh, naked Trump. Naked. Did Vladimir <laughs> see them? Yeah, but of course, Vladimir see the uh, compromising materials. I mean, and then he gets punked. Can I get them? Can I? And then Mark Warner texting the the lobbyist for the oligarch similarly. Yep trying to get dirt on Trump. Um, yes. But, but there's, it gets even worse than that because you got Joe Biden on tape bragging, bragging that I got you got six hours. You either fire that prosecutor, Shokin, or I'm taking my billion dollars. I'm going home and you're not going to get the billion dollars that now. So now he's he's involved in a shakedown. He's bragging about he's leveraging our tax dollars and he's doing it for the purpose of getting the prosecutor investigating his son Fired, you know, no one's asked Hunter Biden. Um, okay, you didn't have any experience in Ukraine, energy, oil, gas. Uh, what exactly did you do for the millions of dollars you made, and and how much money you claim? Well, okay, uh, we made all this money in China. How much did you make out of China? You claim it wasn't as much as we as as Peter Schweitzer reported. How much did you get paid from China? You had no background or experience in China, no background and experience in private equity. Now, why would the Bank of China uh, subsidiary of the government uh, be given a billion billion five or less if they claim less? Fine. To somebody with no experience, I would think that would go to somebody like, oh, Goldman Sachs or Deutsche Bank or uh, Bain Capital or somebody that really knows what they're doing, not Whitey Bulger's nephew and Hunter Biden, who had no experience. Right. I mean, that's that's exactly that's exactly right. This none of this. May, I mean, but the American people know this. You know, that when, once they hear this, uh, and I think the challenge we have right now is not enough Americans have heard that. 
the Democrats on the committee tried to get nude pictures of Trump. Like your audience knows it. It's been out there a little bit in the, you know, on Fox and conservative media, but you, we still have middle America, the, the ones that, you know, they're not, they don't watch MSNBC. They don't watch Fox. They don't watch CNN. Uh, you know, they're just running their everyday lives, but what they are picking up is, is, you know, just because 90% of the media is mainstream, they're getting constant negativity on Trump. If that 20% of middle of America could hear that, oh, yeah, the Democrats want to do pictures of Trump, if they truly understood, and I think this is at the heart of the whole Ukraine matter. So, so remember, Rudy Giuliani, the president's attorney, is, you know, finds out that there could be some problems with the information that came from Ukraine that, by the way, started the entire Russia hoax. Okay? People forget that. President Trump and Rudy Giuliani had every right in the world to go to Ukraine and figure out what in the hell happened here? Like, how did you guys, who gave this information that ended up in a dossier that ended up with the FBI that dirtied either the president up or, or in really Giuliani's case, his client? So, you know, I just laugh at all these mainstream media people who just want to ignore the fact that the very thing they're accusing Trump of doing, you know, getting dirt from the Ukrainians, is the very reason why Trump was asking the questions, because he was the one who was investigated by our intelligence services for three years. I I might be the only one that's willing to give a big shout out to Politico, and I keep referring to the Ken Vogel article and and, okay. Somebody else was on the byline, but um, of January 11th, 2017, where Kiev is admitting they they went to bat and they tried. They impacted. They had an influence in the 2016 election on Hillary's behalf. And even they concluded in the article that, in fact, yeah, it worked because that's where all the Manafort information came from. And they were propagandizing against Donald Trump. So, yeah, and I would give. I wouldn't give Politico too much credit because there was probably an ulterior motive as to why they wrote that story at the time, uh, but it's coming back to bite them. I'm sure what that original story was about was trying to support the information as being accurate against Trump and, and Trump campaign officials. But but yeah, you're right. Sometimes the, the mainstream media, they, they put things out that end up tripping them up later. Let me ask you this. How? So I think they're serious. I think they will go through with the circus, the charade. But, you know, they're going to have a a little bit of difficulty. You know, how about Biden? Does he have to testify? Does his son have to testify at a Trump impeachment trial? Will uh, Hunter Biden have to explain what it is that he actually did to earn the massive amounts of money? Are we going to make the whistleblower public? Um, You want to have a a show trial in the House? I don't think it's going to go very far in the Senate. Do you think that that Democrats will go all the way with this? Well, I, I don't think they have a choice. I, I really don't. So if, if you look at their their base has been lied to so much by the MSNBCs, the CNNs, and the rest of the mainstream media, I mean, they're, they're at a fever pitch right now, right? I mean, you can see the hatred out there in America that they, they have for Trump and Republicans that's all built off of lies. Okay, I mean, you. I say this all the time on your show. They poisoned. They meaning the mainstream media, which are essentially assets of the Democratic Party. Okay, they poisoned millions and millions of Americans' minds. 
Okay. And I mean, there's no coming back for some of these people, Sean. I mean, they are, they're going to be calling their member of Congress every single day until Trump's impeached because in their mind, they've been told, they've been sold this. That, okay, you know, but that Trump is a Russian agent. They just can't get it out of their minds. And so now they've got the challenge and this is what they're left with. Either they impeach Trump or they or their money dries up from their base that they've been lying to for three years. Quick break. More with Congressman Devin Nunes, ranking member, House Intelligence Committee, 800-941-SEAN, toll free telephone number. Speaking of Peter Schweitzer, who blew all of this about the Biden's wide open in his book, Secret Empires, he and Greg Jarrett will weigh in. Uh, as we continue, also get your calls in throughout the day. 800-941-SEAN is our number. All right. Final moments with Congressman Devin Nunes, Peter Schweitzer, Greg Jarrett at the bottom of the hour. All right. So how does this play out? I mean, uh, we know the House Majority Leader McCarthy has said, OK, are you going to do this? Are you going to make anything fair or not? Are the Democrats going to get away with just having a one sided impeachment? And what, and what are the moderate Democrats going to do that are in Trump one districts of 2016? Today, you had an interesting development, uh, and that is that finally the White House said, no, we're not sending you anybody from the executive branch uh, until you until you take a vote. And you know, we're not participating in, and as you say, the this impeachment show trial, it's basically, it's totally fake, until they actually put the votes up on the board. So my guess is now uh, that that's going to really slow down uh, the Democrats process here, and it's going to have to go to court. I assume they're going to have to issue subpoenas and they're going to have to go to court to get those, uh, to get those enforced. And I would actually have, I, you know, they'd, they'd also have to vote. So I think before they can go to court, I, I believe they would have to vote on contempt. So, you know, if they want all these ambassadors and these state department officials and white house officials, they have to issue subpoenas for them. Uh, and then if they don't comply with the subpoenas, they would have to, I think the court would want them to have a vote on contempt before the court actually ruled. And then, and then we don't know what happens from there, Sean, because we're, we're in uncharted territory, right? Because all the times in the past, when you went into the, into the impeachment process, it was, there was a vote in the house. It was a bipartisan vote. Uh, even on Nixon, who was actually never formally impeached, there was a bipartisan vote as they began the impeachment hearings. That, by the way, you know, it was it was before I was born, but you know, those were all publicized hearings. Which I got to let it go here because we're just out of time. But all these uh, behind closed doors. All right, Congressman, keep up the good work. We need a few sane people there, and uh, once again, you're uh, leading the charge. Uh, Congressman Devin Nunes of California, uh, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number, Peter Schweitzer, Greg Jarrett, analyze all of this. And I'd like to know what Hunter Biden did for the money. And does this now violate, it was a particular law that we have identified, the Hobbs Act, uh, does it violate that law? We'll ask Greg Jarrett that question. There is a photo of you uh, golfing with your son, Hunter, and his business partner, Devin Archer. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. How is your role as vice president in, uh, in charge of policy in Ukraine and your son's job in Ukraine? How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else, period. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. No president. 
All right, this sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe 30330 losing it at the very thought, the very question that goes to the heart of this. Why did he, as vice president, use taxpayer money in a shakedown for Ukraine to fire a prosecutor in six hours? Why? Well, his son had all these deals uh, with Burisma Holdings that, in fact, the prosecutor was looking into. I didn't see Donald Trump uh, bragging on tape that he said, you got six hours. You fire that guy who's investigating my son or I'm not giving you the money. Okay, guy got fired. Guy now has signed a affidavit under the threat of perjury about such. Anyway, joining us, Peter Schweitzer. He got all of this uh, going with his best-selling book, Secret Empires. He's the uh, Government Accountability Institute president. Greg Jarrett's book just out yesterday, Witch Hunt. Uh, his second now in a series. It's on Amazon.com and Hannity.com and bookstores everywhere. Um, I know the Washington Post hit you with four Pinocchios, Peter, about... The billions in China issue. Um, and I I called and I, I said, well, OK, what's the deal with that? Did the Washington Post, do they need their own four Pinocchios? Yeah, absolutely. They do. In fact, Sean, my source for the size of the Chinese investment is the website of the Chinese company itself. And up until a few days ago, when they now suddenly have taken down the website, they bragged that they had invested 15 billion won, which in U.S. dollars is $2.1 billion. That's the size of their investments. Um, when they launched, they launched at a billion. They are now at 2.1. And what the Washington Post did was take the line of the Biden attorneys, hook, line, and sinker, and say what the Biden attorney told them were facts, and they weren't facts. The fact is that the company says itself that they are now worth more than $2 billion. They also show on their website that Hunter Biden was not an advisor to the firm. He was on the board of directors, and his business partner, Devin Archer, was the vice chairman and was also on the investment committee. So it's a remarkable example that the fact checkers get their facts from people that they favor um, rather than looking at the original source material, which is what we always do. We use their corporate documents and their corporate records. Have you gone back to uh, the fact checker, this guy that thinks oh, he's just... Yes. Yeah. And what and what did they say when you presented them with that information? Uh, we, we have had several fact check organizations reach out to us with the Biden material. And we said, here's the original source. Uh, and they either don't respond or they say we're comfortable with our reporting. And the point is, they shouldn't be comfortable with their reporting. They should reflect the actual evidence. And, you know, it's, it's the old story. Remember the old story about, uh, you know, the wife that comes in and, and finds, uh, you know, her husband in bed with another woman and the guy, you know, gives an explanation and says, are you going to believe me or are you going to believe your eyes? And I'm saying we need to believe our eyes because the corporate documents are this are, are clear. And in fact, they are already, um, this has been reported by the South China Morning Post and other publications, they're already trying to scrub Hunter Biden's involvement with Bohai Harvest off of the website. He is still a director of the company, but they've taken his picture down, they've taken his bio down, um, and they now have also, the, the website itself has gone dark. Interesting. Um, you watching all of this, Greg Jarrett, I mean, 
and and Joe Biden losing it over the idea that uh, anyone's even going to ask a question about this. Okay, Peter points out in Secret Empires, and he's been hammering this point for a long time. He had no experience with Ukraine. Hunter Biden did no experience. By the way, how old is Hunter Biden? Do we know now? How old is he? He's about 40 something. All right. Uh, All right. No experience with China. No experience in gas, oil or energy. No experience in private equity. Peter, it was a private equity deal that he got with the Bank of China, correct? Yes, that's right. So they, they didn't pick the, you know, the gold standard or Goldman Sachs or Bain Capital or Deutsche Bank or any of these big firms or or J.P. Morgan. No, they went with, let's see, Whitey Bulger's nephew, Hunter Biden and John Kerry's stepson. So my question to you is, uh, okay, does that look good to you? Because it doesn't to me. No, it doesn't look good. And by the way, Peter Schweitzer, um, I've never known him to get anything wrong. I read his book, Clinton Cash. It's cited in my book, uh, Compromise, was an excellent book. And his latest book that you were talking about is also uh, right on the money and literally on the money. Um, Hunter Biden is a kid who has never accomplished anything. By the way, he's 49. Our Cracker Jack staff, Linda, figured it out. Okay, he's nearly 50 years old. <laughs> A lot of money. Uh, so he, he's a guy who's not qualified for anything except flipping burgers at a local, you know, fast food joint. This is a kid who has uh, his entire professional career, which isn't really professional, um, leveraged his father's name, reputation, and power, and he's doing it again here. Uh, there's no question but that the Chinese and the Ukrainians, you know, hired Hunter Biden. Um, because his father uh, was a powerful vice president of the United States and point man for both China and Ukraine in the Obama administration. They were buying uh, influence and protection and power. The question is, what was Hunter Biden doing? Was that his intent as well? And more to the point, what was the intent of Joe Biden when he demanded that they fire the prosecutor who, by his own admission, is was closing in on Hunter Biden and Burisma? Um, was that a corrupt act under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act? Was that extortion and bribery? I mean, Americans need to know this because Joe Biden is running for president, and the media attempts to cover up for Joe Biden by saying, oh, no credible organization buys into that. It's all been debunked. What about the Hobbs Act? There's a piece in the American thinker today about how the Hobbs Act could sink Joe Biden. And it run through it runs through 18 U.S.C. 1951. And it updates it because there was a a recent Supreme Court ruling on it uh, in 2015, McDonnell uh, v. United States. And they have two separate things, uh, conditions that must be met under this. In other words, the prosecution must show first that the government must identify a question, matter, cause, suit, proceeding or controversy that may at any time be pending or may uh, by law be brought before a public official. And, well, the author, who is a lawyer, pointed out that we have that the legitimacy of the entity known as Burisma Holdings in Ukraine was at stake and whether the company and its oligarch owner faced uh, prosecution or sanctions from both the U.S. and Ukraine and after years of negotiation. Negotiations. He returned and control, but there's still a question about that. Burisma was very much a, a matter triggering the law, and I think that I have, my sources have said that has now been reopened in Ukraine as an investigation, meaning Burisma uh, Holdings. And the second thing is the government must prove that the public official made a decision or took an action on that question, matter, cause, suit, proceeding, or controversy, or agreed to do so. In other words, the official act standard. 
And then you got Joe Biden on tape bragging about the official act of impacting Burisma, namely right. the firing of the prosecutor. Right. The Hobbs Act is essentially, to put it in, in layman's terms, it's extortion that affects interstate or foreign commerce um, with with another country. So, yes, I mean, the Hobbs Act would be relevant. The Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, extortion, uh, bribery and honest services fraud. I mean, there's almost an endless list of potential violations here. And, I, you know, it's almost laughable that Biden says, oh, let's focus on, you know, the economy. Uh, you're not asking the right questions. Um, that's an old act by evasive politicians who are hiding something. And the more Joe Biden does it, uh, the more he exposes himself as somebody who's trying to cover up. Yeah. And uh, through your research into all of this, Peter Schweitzer, I mean, the amazing thing is this information has been out there for a long time. Uh, have the Bidens ever contacted you or threatened to sue you or demand that you retract false information about them? No, not at all. Uh, and look, we lay out the information in the book. Uh, we've released some documents. Uh, they're on our website. Anybody can find them at cronyism.com. Um, it's all there in black and white. And, and Sean, as we've talked about before, when you know we first broke the story together on the insider trading by members of Congress um, or stuff in Clinton cash, we use... Uh, documents. We don't use anonymous sources. All the information is there in black and white. So we know that Hunter Biden flew on the airplane with his dad. We know that his dad had certain discussions with the Chinese. We know the nature of the deal that Hunter Biden had. And the problem is um, that Washington, D.C. is filled with people who want a deal exactly like this, Sean. And that's part of the problem. There's almost a sort of a mutual non-aggression pact uh, between certain people in the swamp um, who, you know, see what uh, by the Biden way, what you're saying by saying that is that Republicans can be corrupt, too, which I totally agree with. Yeah, exactly. We've talked about it many times. And, you know, part of it is rocking the boat. Um, you know, you have uh, uh, politicians who might be even on the other side of the aisle at Joe Biden, but they're looking at what the Bidens have done and they're thinking, you know, I'd like a deal like that. There's not anything wrong with that. I think that deal's OK. It's a very seductive thing. So, um, no, to answer your question, uh, we have never been threatened with a lawsuit. We have never been sued. We've never been act asked to retract anything uh, because the information is very strong. I think you need to put out a piece rebutting the fact checker fact who fa who fact checks the fact checker. And yeah. I think you need to publicly humiliate the Washington Post. Stay right there. Peter Schweitzer, Greg Jarrett. All right. As we continue with Peter Schweitzer, he is the author of Secret Empires, Government Accountability Institute president. Uh, Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, his brand new book out. It's up uh, today on Amazon.com, Hannity.com, bookstores everywhere. It's called Witch Hunt. And uh, congratulations on part two. You may have to do Witch Thank Hunt you. part two of, on Ukraine now. The amazing thing to me is here we are. We are we are talking about a vice president on tape bragging about shaking down the you, the country of Ukraine, demanding a firing of a prosecutor in six hours. That's on tape. We have letters from three senators basically shaking down Ukraine to investigate, help them investigate the Mueller matter. We have Chris Murphy bragging about it. We have, you know, all the money in the world thrown at somebody with no apparent expertise in anything. And the mob and the media and the Democratic extremists, the radicals, they want to impeach Trump for what? What did Donald Trump say in that transcript 
that is impactful because I didn't catch it. Greg. There, there's nothing in there. There's no quid pro quo. There's no pressure. There's no demand. The president, in fact, had every right to ask President Zelensky for assistance, not only in the official Justice Department investigation into the origins of the FBI's Russia probe and foreign meddling in 2016, but any potentially corrupt act by a high-ranking American public official like Joe Biden. There is fairly persuasive evidence, and, and Peter has laid it out, that this stinks like a three-day-old fish, that you know, the, Hunter Biden wasn't qualified for any of this. What was he doing? And was uh, Vice President Biden trying to benefit his son? You know, it's a crime to confer a benefit to a foreign government in exchange uh, for uh, money or something of value for yourself or your son or your any family member. It's a corrupt act. And so we need more facts to understand what Joe Biden's intent was. But there's enough. Well, we already uh, know here. Yeah. All right. Final word, Peter. We're just running out of time. Peter Schweitzer. Yeah, I think Greg lays it out perfectly. I would also add, though, that, you know, in that call with the Ukrainian president, I mean, some people in Capitol Hill are saying, well, you know, he was speaking in coded words or he was subtly, you know, creating this quid pro quo. I mean, anybody who has followed Donald Trump's career knows that he's not subtle when he communicates. He's very direct and he's very clear. What we did see in contrast with Joe Biden was a direct quid pro quo. Fire this guy or you're not getting the money. So the contrast between the two, uh, I think, is enormous. It's enormous. And there is your media mob and your radical extreme Democratic Party. You know what? As this story gets told to the American people, they will get it. They will understand it. They will see this rank hypocrisy. And you add that to to a, a group of people that have sold us nothing but lies and misinformation and propaganda for three straight years, I think the net result of this is Donald Trump gets reelected and they're helping him. Uh, thank you both. Peter Schweitzer and Greg Jarrett. 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the program? Quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue. Uh, Jeff Lord and uh, Kaylee McEnany and your calls next. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. It's interesting that you really tackle this issue because deep state is one of these phrases that really wasn't in our political lexicon until a few years ago with President Trump. And his central allegation is that there's people inside these government agencies actively working against him. What did you find? Well, you, you meet these characters in my book. And the fact is, in a sense, he's right. There is a deep state. There is a bureaucracy in our country who has pledged to respect the Constitution, respect the rule of law. They do not work for the president. They work for the American people. And as Comey told me in my book, thank goodness for that, because they are protecting the Constitution and the people when individuals, we don't have a monarch, we don't have a dictator, they restrain them from crossing the boundaries of law. What Trump calls the deep state in the United States is protecting the American people and protecting the Constitution. It's a positive thing. How would the CIA assess the stability of the American government right now? Oh, well, if it were, if it were if assessing America as if it was another country? Uh, we would look at it as a very corrupt government that is uh, under the sway right now of this powerful individual who has been able to just corrupt the institutions and the laws of that country. What would you say about the stability of the democracy? 
I, I think it's no longer, you know, a democracy if an autocrat is has it in his hands. And people like Johnson and others are putty in his hands, which means that the democratic principles upon which this country are founded are, are eroding right now. You and I both know the House has passed 200 bills. So the argument that Republicans want to make, they're just obstructionists and impeachment doesn't help the American people. Mitch McConnell hasn't even addressed one single thing on gun reform when it's been sitting on his desk for weeks. Stephanie, I'm running for president because this government is broken. I mean, they haven't acted on gun reform, but they haven't acted on climate. They haven't acted really on drug pricing. You know, this is a government in Washington, D.C. that is broken, that has been bought by corporations. That's really what's happened is they're never going to act on those 200 bills. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. They know this government is broken in every single way. Then take me to the Republican Party, because here's the thing. You're a rich guy and you know all sorts of rich people. How is it that the president can make this argument? It's about results, not rhetoric. People care about getting stuff done, the economy. The tax cut hasn't served anyone except those corporations. Stephanie, Mr. Trump is a fraud and a failure. He was a fraud and a failure as a businessman. He's a fraud and a failure as a steward of the American economy. You're pointing out his two big economic uh, plans are one, his tax plan, which was the biggest giveaway to corporations and rich people in American history and his completely failed trade policy, the trade war he's declared that is hurting American workers, American business people and American farmers. He is a failure when it comes to the economy, which is his whole issue. All right, there is the madness that is the media, that is the deep state, that is Brennan. You got this New York Times columnist saying the deep state exists to protect the country. That's a nice way to spin it. Anyway, News Roundup and Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Uh, We bring in Kaylee McEnany, National Press Secretary, Trump 2020 campaign. Uh, Jeff Lord, author of the bestseller, Swamp Wars, Donald Trump, the New American Populism versus the Old Order. And as... You know, the more we get into where the Democrats are taking us here, the more I see an opportunity. And that is once again, that which they accuse Donald Trump of Jeff Lord, they are guilty of. Absolutely, Sean. I mean, Washington and I I call it the old order in the book. But this is this is a group of people and sad to say it's more bipartisan than it should be who are out to protect themselves. The, The whole entire system, the whole Hunter Biden situation is just exemplary of what's wrong, totally what's wrong. And and the response to this, the cover-up by the media, is done for a purpose, and it's to protect all of these people and protect that system, which the president is there on the instructions of the American people to overturn and disrupt. The amazing thing, and we just, Kaylee, had on Peter Schweitzer and Greg Jarrett, um, the amazing thing, just like in Russia, the only collusion with Russia was the dirty dossier introduced, bought and paid for by Hillary after they rigged the investigation that would have put every other American in jail. And then the dirty Russian dossier disseminated to the, you know, the, the stenographers in the news media, the, the conspiracy theorists like, you know, David Korn and Michael Isikoff. 
Uh, but even worse, the unverifiable dossier then used to spy on the Trump campaign transition and presidency. And there's a whole other spying component to this, which had to do with our Western uh, European allies. And more specifically, countries like Italy, Great Britain, also add to that Australia. Uh, these countries literally doing that which was illegal for our intelligence community to do, and that's spy on an American president and similarly on the campaign and transition team and to circumvent American laws. We're getting to the bottom of that. In this case with Ukraine, what do we have? Well, we do have a shakedown, and the shakedown came from a sitting vice president bragging about it, that he shook down and he used our money to shake down Ukraine to fire the prosecutor investigating his son, who has no expertise in energy, oil, gas, Ukraine, just like he had no expertise in China and private equity. And yet millions of dollars in one case, billions in another case. So the question here is, okay, this isn't an impeachment. This is a, you know, this is like a Salem witch hunt and a coup d'etat because that's what they want. They want Trump gone. And as Al Green said, they probably can't beat him. We better impeach him. Yeah, that's exactly right. They wanted him gone from the beginning. I mean, don't take it from me. Take it from Chuck Schumer, who in a rare moment of honesty on January 3rd, 2016, said, hey, you better watch it. The intelligence community has six ways to Sunday to get back at you. And here we are two and a half years down the road. And wow, he was right. They have a way to get back at you, which is concocting complainants, putting them through the Whistleblower Protection Act, acting as if they're whistleblowers when really all they have is secondhand information, but shrouding them in the protection of this law and using their secondhand information to go after a sitting president of the United States. That is a coup. And of course, as you know, it comes after the spying on the Trump administration, uh, the, the complete manipulation now um, of intelligence uh, to try to use it against the president, manipulating his conversations. It is despicable. It is a coup d'etat against the sitting president. We will call it what it is. We certainly have here at the campaign and left up in arms about it, but they use the same language talking about Bill Clinton. Well, I, I, and I think Newt Gingrich is right. I think that uh, it, anybody who's fair, you can't use the word impeachment here. This isn't about impeachment. This is about a coup. And it is an effort by the hard, radical, extreme Democratic Party and their willing accomplices in the news media to take Donald Trump out by any means necessary, any lie necessary, Jeff. Yeah, I, I mean, a, a perfect example of this from the last few days is that Chuck Todd interview with uh, Senator Johnson from Wisconsin. I, I mean, I, that was mind boggling. And then he follows it up with an interview with John Brennan, of all people, and says something like 40 percent of the people of this country are, you know, responsible for what's going on here. I would say that whoever, whatever the number is, it's people like Chuck Todd who are responsible for this, and they are covering it up. Well, I think they're covering it up because, look, it's even worse than that, because there's nothing here. You know, they're making such a big deal about all the whistleblowers. The whistleblowers don't mean a thing in this case when you got the transcript, Kaylee. And in the transcript, there's nothing incriminating in there. But yet, you know, you, to, you have to suspend any connection to reality being a Democrat and ignore Biden and ignore China and ignore Ukraine and ignore what they've done and ignore their lying and and say, no, this this is it. This is the worst thing. No, it's not. What they have done is the worst thing. But they can't. There's no introspection, self-reflection or even any resemblance of God given common sense at this point, which means it's just a political exercise. 
sure, there's no introspection. Instead, you have projection of their misdeeds and their wrongdoing on President Trump. They are the ones that colluded. They are the ones that got Russian dirt uh, and packaged it into a dossier. They are the ones that colluded with Ukraine last election. The DNC did in the Obama administration. Now, they are the ones with a quid pro quo uh, as as quid pro Joe Biden uh, gets a, a prosecutor fired to protect his son. They are the ones doing all of these things, but they project their actions onto President Trump. It is a pattern here. You're right. We have the transcript. And what did President Trump do? Uh, he didn't mention Joe Biden in response to the request about these missiles from the Ukrainian president. He mentioned getting to the bottom of meddling in the 2016 election. Well, something let me ask you this to care about. As the press secretary for Trump 2020, well, what is the reaction? I, I see that you're breaking one fundraising record after another. Um, so it raises the question, if my instincts are right, this is going to backfire on them. This this is not going to, in the end, be good. How many people tried to get in or trying to get into Thursday's event in uh, Minnesota? Oh, we've already gotten more than 70,000 requests. I mean, this is extraordinary uh, to get into this event, which, by the way, Sean, the mayor is trying to shut down. The mayor of Minneapolis uh, has told the venue that if they allow President Trump in, they're going to have to choke up $500,000. So the event, the venue is trying to cancel on us, but uh, the $500,000 they are choking up is, is not accurate. It's the Secret Service that pays security fees, not the venue, but this liberal mayor trying to shut down President Trump from coming to Minneapolis. This is what the left does. When they don't get their way, uh, they play by unfair rules, which is what the mayor of Minneapolis is doing, because we have 70,000 RSVPs and more to come. Well, how many does it seat? Uh, the arena seats, um, I think it's about 20,000, 30,000. It's 30,000, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Target Center. Um, but, so there will be people waiting outside as there routinely is. Well, it's amazing between that, Jeff Lord, and they, they won't even let cops wear their uniforms. So now yeah. cops are going to identify themselves. I think they're wearing red or a particular color. I'm not sure. But I guess, you know, if you wear a MAGA hat, that's a trigger for a snowflake. That's right. I mean, you know, you scratch a liberal these days, and what you're seeing really is totalitarianism. Totalitarianism. It doesn't matter whether it's going after uh, conservative speakers on college campuses or going after you or shutting the president, trying to shut the president out of Minneapolis. It is all part and parcel of the same thing, and it's bad stuff. Uh, yeah, but well, Tom, let me correct yeah. myself. 19,000 is in the arena. That's, that's the-, the, the bottom line is... I think in the end, the American people are going to see this for what it is. You know, when you don't do yeah. a single thing to serve the people that put you in office, that give you that the, the responsibility to represent them and you don't do a single thing and you spend all of your time hating the president, not working with the president, and you're even willing to change your views on immigration that you had in the second term of Obama because you don't want Trump to have any success that and and you, and you keep getting burned by, you know, sheer hypocrisy and everything boomeranging back on you. You know, politically, from my perspective, what they're going to do is they're going to help the president again. Now, I actually think they're stupid enough to do it. And I'm fine with them doing all of this, because in the end, I want to see Joe Biden investigated. I want to get the, the bottom line on on Hillary and Russia and the rigged investigation by her friends in the deep state. Uh, I want to get to the bottom of the dossier. I want to get to who's spying on the president. And if we can fix those problems, uh, there's some a lot of good that can come out of this, Jeff. 
Yeah, they are obsessed. And when people are obsessed, they overstep. I mean, when you think just one small little incident there with Lawrence uh, O'Donnell over at MSNBC, MSDNC, um, and he goes out with this story about the president and Russian oligarchs, and then the next night has to come back and say, oops, sorry, he looked like an idiot. They do this kind of thing all of the time. And I, I have a column today talking about the lawyers for these whistleblowers. They're both serious anti-Trumpers. One of them used to work for Hillary Clinton and Chuck Schumer. And I mean, all they're going to do is give the president perfect ammunition because people out here are furious with this. And, and, and Kaylee's tale there about the rally is perfectly uh, an in indication of the fury that regular Americans have about this. Yeah, well, I, you know, I guess it'll all in the end, you know, play itself out. But as we continue with Kaylee McEnany, Jeff Lord are with us. If you had to guess, I think we're all leaning in the direction that it looks like Warren's to lose. I believe that's the case. Kaylee, is that who you think wins this? Absolutely. I think it's Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she is perfectly positioned now with Joe Biden flailing in the wind, unable to answer questions about uh, the misdeeds he was involved in in Ukraine, uh, still hasn't answered on China. Uh, then you have Bernie Sanders, but he doesn't appear to have much momentum at all. It all is going to Elizabeth Warren. I think she's the inevitable victor, barring something unforeseen. Uh, but she continues to lie about her past. Worth mentioning that not just her Native American heritage, but also her pregnancy being a reason that she was not given a job. So she's got some serial. Well, she's doubled down on that. But yet there was an interview and we picked it up and we played it on TV last night. I can play it here where she contradicts that that narrative that she's been using uh, all summer. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's totally contradicted by her own words. So it appears that her feigning Native American heritage and using it to her advantage was not a singular incident. She's got a lying problem, much like Joe Biden here, uh, completely inflating her past to serve her purposes. And uh, we certainly will be exposing that as she appears to become the nominee here in a few short months. All right, Jeff Lord and Kaylee McEnany, thank you both for being with us. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. I want every Democrat on the record on this whole impeachment madness, insanity. Well, it's not even it's a coup. I want to know if they are going to suspend any detachment to truth and reality, because if they are, that's good to know. And, you know, for those of you that might think this is bad, it's not. Because it's just another it is it just highlights how bad they are. It highlights what they're not doing, the job that they failed to deliver in their their obsession, their anger, their desire for power. Look, and God forbid the Democrats ever win. I mean, it's going to be a disaster. Market Watch had a piece out there. Look, if any of the Democrats out there have a union retirement fund. Let me let me tell you what's going to happen. If you have an IRA, if you have a 401k, you might want to pay a little bit of attention to what Wall Street insider Lori Calvacina said uh, yesterday about the party's presidential frontrunner. Investors won't wait until Election Day to voice their displeasure at higher taxes, stricter regulations being proposed by the Democratic nominees for president. That's because the contours of the 2020 presidential election will come into sharp focus by the end of the first quarter of next year. And she points out that the, you know, and she's the head of U.S. equity strategy at RBC Capital Markets. And she's warning in a research note Monday that markets will likely react to potential policy implementation long before general election ballots are cast. 
In other words, she's saying the reaction can be severe. The combination of a Warren White House and a Democratic Congress would be extremely challenging for stocks. And she cited Warren's policy prescriptions on everything from banking regulation, wealth taxes, Medicare for all. And investors surveyed by RBC, they see healthcare, financial, technology stocks as those that would take the biggest hits if Elizabeth Warren is elected and Democrats take back the Senate. Let me tell you, it's even going to be worse than that. This is this is a big, big problem for them, because what you have is you have a party that is so lost touch with reality. You know, you add up the money, the new Green Deal, the trillions of dollars, 94 trillion in 10 years. You add up Medicare for all. You add up everything's free and we're going to forgive college tuition. And you add up that, well, pre-K is free and kindergarten's free all the way through college now being free. And everyone gets to I wonder if I get to retroactively get back the fifty eight dollars and five cents that I paid in my student loan. For 10 straight years, I, I know it's not a lot of money, but I did take out the loan and I did pay it back and I paid it back. It might not sound like a lot of money, but it was when I was paying it back every month. But I wonder, you know, at, at what point do you say, well, why do these people get the money? If you're going to have a 70 percent top marginal tax rate for individuals, 90 percent top marginal tax rate for corporations. Nobody seems to remember corporations don't pay taxes what corporations do is if they can get away with it, they're going to pass that on to their consumers. And that increases the prices of the goods and services they're offering. That means you pay. That means the American people pay. She won't answer the question of whether she'll raise middle class taxes. The math doesn't add up. But they, you, you can't have everything for free. It's never going to work. And then you get a guaranteed job on top of it. Then you get a guaranteed college on top of it. Health care, Medicare for all on top of it. Retirement guaranteed. Uh, and it goes straight on down the line. And, and we'll get rid of oil and gas. We will stop drilling and we'll stop fracking tomorrow, which then put makes us more vulnerable again to the whims of uh, the Straits of Hormuz and the Iranian mullahs and the political instability of the entire Middle East. That's what happens. And what you see happening in New York, a mass exodus, you know, in New York, they actually implemented a couple of things that are number one. New York doesn't allow fracking. Upstate New York is a mess financially has been for a decade and it's never going to get better unless they would. You know, Pennsylvania gets all the jobs for fracking uh, in their border portion with uh, New York State and they're not going to do it. So they put in place. Not only do we have the highest taxes anyway, now they're going to they put it in this mansion tax in New York. You can no apartments are selling anymore. Then you have de Blasio saying we're not going to make steel buildings or glass buildings anymore. OK, what does that do to construction workers? What is, every trade now is not going to have any work. Are they happy about that part? I, I don't think I'd be that happy with that. You know, then you got Elizabeth Warren, the big liar. You know, oh, first it was the Native American heritage lie. And now she's out there lying again about pregnancy and she contradicts herself. So my first teaching position was as a special needs teacher. There we go. I loved that job. But by the end of the first school year, I was quite visibly pregnant. 
and the principal didn't invite me back for the next school year. So I found myself at home with a baby, and yep, those were the days, um, and I got this idea that I could go to law school. I was married at 19 uh, and then graduated from, from college, actually, after I'd, I'd married. And my first year post-graduation, uh, uh, I worked, it was in a public school system, but I worked with the, the children with disabilities. And um, I did that for a year. And then that summer, uh, I, I actually didn't have the education courses, so I was on an emergency certificate, it was called. And I went back to graduate school and took a couple of courses in education and said, I don't think this is going to work out for me. Mm-hmm. And I was pregnant with my first baby. So I had a baby uh, and stayed home for a couple of years. And I was really casting about, thinking, what am I going to do? Um, and uh, my husband's view of it was, stay home. Uh, you know, we have children. We'll have more children. Uh, you'll love this. There's just something really off about her because she made one claim and then she debunked it in an early interview that she had done out at, at one of the UC like Berkeley or Davis, one of those uh, University of California campuses. Uh, and you, know, you add this to the three decades of lying. Uh, misrepresenting her race and only, you know, up until recently, she claimed to be a minority. This went on for decades. In 1984, she published several recipes in the Pow Wow Chow cookbook, identifying herself as Elizabeth Warren, Cherokee. 1986, she claimed her race was American Indian on her official state bar registration. You know, she claims, well, no, I never used it to advance my career. Really? She, you know, real clear politics put together a a pretty shocking level of deception during Warren's tenure as a Harvard law professor. And that was in 1996. Have a Harvard spokesperson identified Warren as a Native American professor in the school's newspaper. Then in 97, a year later, the same person called Warren Harvard's first woman of color. In 98, Harvard claimed that its law school, quote, has only one tenured Minority woman, Professor Elizabeth Warren, who is Native American from 99 to 2011, Harvard proudly listed one Native American professor on their website. Her name, Elizabeth Warren, 2012. She defended all of this on camera. We've played it before. And believe it or not, Warren is not a woman of color. She finally takes the DNA test. Yeah, up to one one thousand twenty fourth Native American. But you're going to claim that in its best case, one sixty fourth. You know, but and then she wants you to believe she never got any benefit from this. But in fact, she lied and said her employers didn't know about her Native American claims. That's another lie, which is also weird because Harvard couldn't stop bragging about their Native American professor. And now that Warren has come to grips with all of this, she just goes on to a new deception, a new lie. You know, then she wants voters to think the government can provide everything free. She supports free universal health care, free child care, pre-K, housing, and, of course, the free government programs and the Green New Deal. You know, the cost of this is unimaginable and unattainable. These are promises that never can be fulfilled. You know, the approximate cost for Medicare for all is like $36 trillion. Keep in mind, the federal budget's $4 trillion a year. That'll take up the entire budget forever. The Green New Deal, $94 trillion. Okay, again, the federal budget is $4 trillion. How are you going to pay for this? 
You can't pay for it. Well, that means that they can't keep the promises that they're making. So they want power. If they get the power, that's what you're going to get. That's that's the power you're going to give them. And none of that's going to work well for any American. I can tell you right now, you get rid of oil and gas. It's over. It is the lifeblood of the economy. You can take investment, everything you have, and it'll be now run by the state. I just don't think in the end it's going to work. And if it does work, we're screwed. And what happened in New York and New Jersey and California and Illinois is people are leaving. And as people leave, they take their money with them and they take them to other states. If they get if if this comes to this country, you will see a mass exodus. You will see people that have money running for the door. And that means out of the country, because what's happening in the states will now happen nationally as people will say, "Okay, we're going to go here where it's a friendlier business environment. I mean, imagine you already pay your high rate of taxes and God forbid you are smart enough and maybe disciplined enough to save some money. Well, then they're going to come in with a wealth tax and they're going to take more of it. Tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich. We did. Now, God forbid the rich leave. Well, the rich are leaving New York. I mean, he Andrew Cuomo stumbled upon some truth here. They're leaving New York in droves. Although we did have. Remember, he said he didn't want conservatives. We did have uh, John Stewart bring in the Jersey Boys doing a whole song about stay Hannity stay. Remember that, Linda? That was pretty funny. It was actually very well done. It was really well done. Stay, stay, Mr. Hannity, stay. Who would we tax till his money was gone? Who would we impose socialism upon? even funnier in this uh, is like they do man on the street. They have everybody asking me to stay. It's hilarious. Uh, All right. Let's get to our phones. 800-941-SEAN. Atlantic City, Ron, Sean Hannity Show. How are you, sir? Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good, my friend. What's going on? This is a real birthday treat for me. I just turned 75, so it's a great Happy birthday. Oh, good for you. I hope you're in good health. Well, I thank for right now. Not what I am. Listen, you know, Schiff is a liar. Schiff is uh, unethical. He's now a fact witness, as far as I'm concerned, him and his entire office. And we ought to have preservation letters sent out immediately. Uh, Every text, every email that Schiff and his office had with the so-called whistleblower, non-whistleblower. But this this, this is not about impeachment now. It's they, they could never accept they lost. They did everything they could do to prevent the loss, even saving Hillary from being indicted and put in jail and using Russian lies and misinformation. They, they won't even question. They'll just buy the Biden's line on Ukraine with his son. You know, it's not it's, the kid's 50 years old, doesn't have doesn't seemingly have any expertise in any of these areas, none whatsoever. And at the end of the day, this is a coup. They can't they know they can't win. So they're going to try and do it this way. And maybe they impeach him. Okay, 
run on impeachment, run on this, because everything boomerangs back right in their face. And it will again. There is a photo of you uh, golfing with your son, Hunter, and his business partner, Devin Archer. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. How is your role as vice president in, in charge of policy in Ukraine and your son's job in Ukraine? How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. Period. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. No president. All right. Hannity tonight, nine Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Apparently, we're now discovering breaking news. Investigative reporter John Solomon that the Burisma Holdings investigation was started way before, reopened before Donald Trump ever had the conversation with Zelensky. Also get the latest from Peter Schweitzer. Follow the Biden money. Andy McCarthy, Carl Rove, Laura Trump. Uh, Pete Hegseth, 9 Eastern, Hannity, tonight, Fox News. Thanks for being with us. Back here tomorrow.